This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 100. I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you can. Hello and welcome to the hundredth episode of the Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture one bloody bed crime scene mess minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Ron Richards, and with me is Connor Kilpatrick Ugh. and Josh Flanagan. Damn. Uh, and I am. 
Minute 100 starts with uh, Stax lunging forward after being shot in the head, and it ends with Stax crumpled dead on the floor. <laughs> rest, in, rest in peace, Stax. Uh, my immediate first uh, observation of this minute is Tommy's duster. Well, I, I, I have Tommy <laughs> as Angel of Death because he's, he's basically wearing all black. No, he's not. It's blue. Yeah, but it's 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 the effect of it is that yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's this dark figure, which normally he's not. Normally he's wearing a bright white shirt and and uh, he's very you know turned out. But here he uh, he's he looks like the angel of death to me. That was my when, when that slow shot of him turning to shoot him to shoot the body more more times. I thought I got a very chilling effect from it. Yeah. So well, what's interesting there is that like we see the body hit the ground and then we hear a bunch of other shots. Yeah. Well, that, this is what I thought was genius. Yeah. So we, we, in the last minute, you know, the the shot happens. This minute opens with the blood splatting on the bed and and stacks lunging forward, and then we see Frankie, pot of coffee in hand. <laughs> it's almost I like mean, he went there, didn't know what was going to happen. No, well, exactly. Was- He's surprised by what's occurring, and then we just hear the other gunshots. And what I think is amazing is that he he. Well, first off, what's amazing is that again. Great moments in Frankie Carbone history. The look that he gives Tommy, it's like, what did you just do? Like, did Frankie not know what's happening? I don't. That's. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think he knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. Because why would? It's almost like it seems why like. Wouldn't, in this game, why wouldn't he know? I mean, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to figure out why they wouldn't tell him. Because he doesn't need to know. It's about keeping everybody on their toes. Like it's a constant game of intimidation that's always going on. So it fucks with him a little bit. Right. And I think it keeps everybody, you know, in their place. And then again, you know, like you don't, you don't know it's coming. Right. So for a minute, he's watching. He's not like repulsed. He's not like, oh my god. It is like a, oh. oh. So it's like so when they get in the car, it's Tommy like, come on, Frankie, we gotta go to see Stacks. Yeah. Or or is it, come on, Frankie, we gotta go kill Stacks? It's no, I think we gotta go see Stacks. I don't think Frankie knew. I agree. Yep. No, I I, th- I think that's the case, and that seems to make sense. Like, there's a lot of. It's a thing that happens in mob movies. I feel like I've seen it a bunch of times where a char- one character just tells another character, come on, we're going for a ride. Right. And you don't know what that means. Right. Like, uh, there's a big scene in Donnie Brasco where they do that. Yeah. There's a couple of them. And there's a, then, there's uh, a couple of scenes in this movie coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. I, that's like a thing. Yeah. Um, but um, but the, 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 the whole – and I'm going to get back to Carbone in a second. But the whole – we see Carbone react to the gunshots. We don't see the gunshots. Then we see the Tommy and Carbone show leave the apartment. And then Bells of St. Mary comes swelling back up. And we get the slow motion of Tommy. Do like, oh, uh, is it a flashback? What would you call yeah, it? I mean, yeah, we flashback flashback to a few, a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah a few angle. seconds. Yeah, a few seconds. Yeah. Uh, we see Tommy doing the, the, the finishing shots. And this is what Carbone saw. Um, although Carbone's not in the shot, which is funny. But uh, <laughs> um, no, he didn't come around until after. No, he came around before the shots. I I checked. Okay, he watched the, the the last couple of shots. Carbone reacts to. You see his eyes get bigger. Yeah. Now, before that, uh, they do the they do the coffee thing, um, yeah. and I feel like this is a subtle nod to the cannoli moment from Godfather. It's very, like it's a very similar joke in this in a very similar vein. Like it's not a direct quote, really, but it it feels like they're, they're I trying. I feel to like that. that's a stretch. I don't think so. That's I mean, like that's the only other. I mean, a uh, Scorsese is constantly commenting and quoting on other film stuff that we don't necessarily always pick up on, but it's there. It's a thing that he does, 
and that's the you know as far as seminal gangster movies you know that's a like yeah, you know, I don't know I don't it's, know it's, I just it's I just relate- like I just like it for what it is as as what is possibly one of the funniest moments of the movie. Yeah, it's like, come on, let's take the coffee to go. And Frankie goes, all right, oh, goes open the door. He goes, what are you doing? You have to doing? make that coffee to go. Leave it. It was a joke. <laughs> and then and then it's it's further punctuated. I don't know if you noticed it, is that he puts the coffee pot down and then opens the door and does this grand gesture for Tommy to go ahead I, of him. Like I, literally I I have he makes he makes the big after you flourish. Yeah, exactly. Like almost like like Art Carney and the honeymooners. You know? I feel like okay, so I think that the coffee moment is further uh proof that he didn't know it was gonna happen. Because he's flustered. And yeah. if he's gone in knowing, yeah, he wouldn't be flustered. He also wouldn't have made the coffee. Well, I guess he might have. Yeah. He's an idiot. Too. I, I just love it. Oh, he's just uh, make that coffee to go, and he's like, oh, "All right." He's, he work. takes the pot with him. Like, what? <laughs> he's important. A mug just takes the coffee pot. Yeah, no, he's he didn't know that was coming. He's fucked up. He's a dizzy. He's a dizzy idiot. <laughs> yeah, no, he's 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 disturbed by what he just saw. Whether you know, even though you know, and then he, he gets he, he gets like, his key. He he shakes it off, and then he just goes up. Oh, yep. you know, open the door after you. That's how you know he's a killer. <laughs> So when when we're seeing the slow motion shootings, two two things that I really like um, is that when we cut to it, it, it cuts to black, but you're, it's not actually black. It's just Tommy's like exactly. covering the camera and comes around, which is a really nice sort of transition. Um, and there's a thing I, I've I've heard. I think it was I originally saw this in an Austin Powers movie where uh, they pointed out that when he when uh, Mike Myers shoots the gun, uh, he blinks his eyes really badly, which is how you know he doesn't know anything about guns. Right. So whenever I see that in a movie, uh, like in here, Tommy winces a little bit, but he does not blink. Right. Like those shots that are happening there do not. Like his, bo- his body recoils. Yeah, but 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 basically my point is that Pesci doesn't look like he's an amateur here. Yeah. He looks like he's used to shooting guns. And there's actually, I mean, obviously you can watch his bodies. There's involuntary stuff that's happening. So he's actually shooting a blank there like that's having a, a real effect. Um but it's, it's it was just it was good it was authentic it didn't take me out of it looking at it. I was sort of looking for a tell that he was acting but that wasn't really there yeah. it's in slow motion so you have lots of time to see it yeah good stuff. so did Stax deserve this yeah they well, they, but, they connected they connected him to the to the truck he got a yeah, bad review Stax screwed up yeah. yeah I mean in their in their world yeah yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I mean the next step is for them to pick him up they had Prince. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking, and speaking like, of prints, they also don't seem very concerned about leaving all their prints at a crime scene. I thought that too on the coffee it's, pot and the door point. and the door the door handle. Yeah, that's a very good point. Do you <laughs> think? Yeah, they would. I was going to say, do you think they have those prints on file? And then I was even <laughs> totally worth. Oh, okay. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of prints, Juan Vustich, and I can't read my own, my own handwriting because I was hurrying to get this done. Vustich, an Argentinian policeman, was the first person to use a fingerprint ID in a crime. In 1892. Hmm. Do you think that in 1978, are we at eight? Eight, yep. Eight. Do you think that in 1978 they could have gotten a fingerprint and well, made no, no, a no, map? No, no, 79 now. The Christmas has come. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. Sorry. Continue. It's just it's still before the yep. New Year. Do you think that they could have made a match on that fingerprint and run it and pulled it up in a short amount of time? Or it would have taken much longer at that point? It would have taken longer, much longer, but it still would have happened. 
they they yeah. would have they they would have they would have to manually compare the print to books of prints like it's not they there were no computers with fingerprints you know what I mean like they had books of right 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 yeah yeah so, yeah. so. so it's all eyeballing and you're just going through and they wouldn't have known to zoom in well you're saying if they knew it was Gotti's crew or Jimmy's crew then they would have started by looking at people from those crews right, associated yeah. so they would have narrowed it down and then in that case they could have done it fairly quickly yes potentially yeah yeah potentially yeah but um. But who knows? I mean, it was it, somewhere there's like a forensics person or perhaps a, a police officer listening to this going, you are idiots. Well, well I feel well, like a lot of people listening to this show say that, but that's fine. That's true. true. But the thing is, is that is that we may be idiots, but so might have been the police because the way they found out that Stax did what he did, and that they had prints was that the police told the press and it was in the paper two days later. OK, so. Yes, I I thought they like, said it like, was, and they said it was on TV. It was all over TV, and I yeah. thought, well, that was stupid. If if you rem- if you remember last week, our friend Greg from the Bowery Boys uh, had the article from the New York Times that was three days after the heist, and says in the art in that article, and I read it myself that that they recovered the van that was used for the for the but robbery and was myself. and and was able to pull prints from it. So they all know that they that Stack screwed up and they have Stack's fingerprints, and so like I imagine this has got to be the same day. What was the date on that article? Three days after the heist. Wow. So, okay, it, so that so, whole conversation is moved. So the heist was, what, Monday in the AM? And so that article that article was either the day of the Christmas party or the day after the Christmas party. Hmm. If so. it was the day of the Christmas party, then the Christmas party wouldn't have happened. No, I think the Christmas party would have happened. I just think that it would have been a it would have been a whole lot more yeah, a lot more drama and that sort of thing. Yeah, so so the heist was the the eleventh. So they saw the paper. This is the morning after the. Mm. So keep in mind, keep in mind the 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 paper didn't cover the heist until the evening edition the next day because the heist happened at four in the morning, where the morning edition or was already to print. Right. So if the heist was two days later, they have the Christmas party. Yeah. Next day, that paper comes out. Yep. Stax doesn't read that paper, and this is the morning after that. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that begs the question: Did Frankie get rid of the mink before going to Stax's house? Yes. Yeah, he did it that night. <laughs> he, he, he left that right night. away Frankie to go get rid of it. Frankie did not question orders. He grabbed <laughs> his wife. He told her, "Shut the fuck up." Yep. And he, he returned. He broke into the place. Yeah. <laughs> left it on the counter. Took his money back out. And then, like, he left him a note, but the note was all gibberish. <laughs> it was phonetic gibberish, though. Yeah. Hey, Bobby, look at this note. It says, I don't know. We got a mink here. So, so now what's interesting is that uh, going, going to real life, to real life what happened was that uh, once they took out stacks, uh, two things happened. One is that uh, Jimmy sent Henry uh, over to Stax's family, and they paid for everything. They paid for the funeral. Um, the the, the fu- Stax's funeral was on Christmas Eve. Um, well, that's and- not suspicious at all. Wait a minute. That timeline's way off. I know. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, whatever. Yeah. But um, uh, but yeah. So apparently they paid for everything, and Henry was the emissary. Henry's the guy you send to talk out of a difficult situation. He's got yep. those eyes. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so so basically Henry was the one to take care of it. But then additionally, uh, when Stax, for, was, Stax is the first guy to be murdered, 
the reaction, and specifically Marty Krugman, who's Maury in the movie, um, everyone thought he got he got uh, he was killed as part of a drug deal or over some bad credit card scam. No, nobody linked it to the murder, so nobody realized that this is what is happening now. So well, he's the least obvious, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Unless you know he's taking book at the airport, you wouldn't know he's involved. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, interesting. I also I, I just noticed. I know we talked about this yesterday, but it looks as if Henry got ten grand for for his cut in the in the in the deal. That makes the, sense. He gave we gave way more than that. To, to, no, I guess not. Yeah. He's just his finder's fee. Finder's fee. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's one stack, one bound stack of hundreds. Yep. It's the ten grand. That's that's the. Yep. So it was just a taste. Yeah, just a taste. So there you go. <laughs> was, it's almost rude. It's just a taste for you. That's all you get. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't do anything. He just didn't do. I don't know. So going back to Stax's dead body by the apartment, you can see uh, we talked about it yesterday. On top of the record player is an issue of Players, which appears to be a pornographic magazine. I don't have any fun. Fa- I don't have any fun facts about Players Magazine, but yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Ten grand out of sixty million is a is it six million? Six million. Six, six I'm million. sorry, six million. Ten, ten, ten grand out of six million. That's a, that's a well, tip. Sixty percent of it's going out the door to the bosses already. Well, let, let's find out how much ten grand of six million is. Percentage wise, we're looking at one point six percent of the take. It Fine. seems low. It seems low. It does seem yeah. low. It does seem low. But, you know, he didn't do anything. That's all I'm saying. So. But he's a genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck and the, and he, he got 1.6% and he had to go give the death notices. Yeah, exactly. He had to handle a funeral. He had to do all that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That probably, he, and and I, you know, it's not like they gave him, like, like uh, petty cash for that. Yeah. He had to pay for it out of his ten grand. Yeah. Well, the crew paid for it. Yeah. Probably came out of that. Is it an expense the... report? Yes. <laughs> I feel like you tell a guy to go do that and then he's just paying for it. Carol yeah. and accounting. Yeah, Carol. So the fuck count for this minute was three. The week was eighteen, and the total be two hundred and twenty-nine. All right. Still got a lot to go. Two hundred twenty-nine, man. Wow, that's a lot of a lot of. So we're, we're at two point two point three per minute at this point. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else for glorious minute one hundred, gentlemen? No, I think it's very nice of this movie to keep the Friday minutes for some reason sort of light. Yeah, it's nice of them. So <laughs> to work out that way. That works out because uh, here we are on Friday at minute 100, the grand milestone of 100 episodes. Uh, and if you go to patreon.com slash GFM, you can sign up to become a patron of the show and help support us with a little bit of cash. And if you sign up for the $5 or higher level, uh, we every Friday we open the books and we, we add in another one or two members into the family. And this week we are welcoming two guys, two part, two guys to the crew. They're getting made. First up is Brian Clark, mm-hmm. and second up will be Frank Davenport. But first, we're gonna we're gonna do Brian Clark. So, guys, Brian Clark's mafia name. This is the most un mafia name of all time. The, the the accountant. Did we do the accountant already? <laughs> no, but I think that might be the one. The bean HR. <laughs> the bean counter. The bean. The Brian the bean. Beansy. Beansy. Stop with the you love the you always do that. What? <laughs> beansy. You had a I Z. Said beansy you, you, yet? You make it like a yeah. There was a beansy in the Sopranos. Yeah. Um, I like the accountant. I like I like the bean. <laughs> the bean. I feel like. Well, 
I like the accountant better too. All right. All right, the accountant. Brian, the accountant. Clark. All right. So uh, we'll we'll check in before we move on to the next one. We check in with the mafia name generator. Right. And Brian Clark would be Silvio Porkchop. <laughs> I feel like we've got that one. <laughs> we've definitely gotten Porkchop somewhere else. So. All right. So we got Brian, the accountant. And uh, next up is Frank Davenport. <laughs> the ascot. This is some waspy mobsters. <laughs> Frank said Frank Davenport. So, <laughs> well, so if we look at if we look at the an- ancestry etymology of the of the name Davenport, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually a name from a place in Cheshire in England uh, from the Dane River, um, or it's a old English port or market town. Frankie um, boats. <laughs> Frankie egg rolls. Why egg rolls? He likes Chinese food. <laughs> Every time he does a hit, he goes and gets Chinese food afterwards. Frankie egg rolls? I like Frankie, Frankie egg rolls. Noodles. Yeah, but... No, no, That's no. His... Frankie egg rolls. Frankie egg rolls? All right. Yes. Yeah. Frankie egg rolls. These All guys right. always order next to egg rolls. Look at your fucking mushu. You're going to have, yeah, always with the egg rolls. What, I like egg rolls. What do you want? Oh, you got a lot of egg rolls there. You're eating Frankie? <laughs> Man, now I want an egg roll. Oh, and, oh, yeah. and, no, and the Chinese food place that is between this where I am and home is closed. Oh, it's brutal. We can't get. A, I can't get a decent egg roll here in this. Well, town. That's true, but Ironic. it's still closed forever. There's no yeah. more egg rolls in my life. Oh God, Almighty! All right, so the mafia name generator for Frank Davenport is Claudio Rubberneck. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we've gotten that one too, Rubberneck as well too. But what are you gonna do? So it's pretty good. All right. So we got we got. Uh, what was the what was Brian's uh, the accountant, the accountant? The accountant. yeah Brian the accountant Clark and Frank Frankie Eggrolls Davenport Frankie Eggrolls all right so thank you very much for your support guys uh, <laughs> those are your names now you're stuck with them uh, if you want a mafia name there's still time more you of pay. you need to sign up we love doing this exactly we do love doing this it's great uh, so you can go to Patreon.com/gfm and great news. Uh, the pins and stickers for the folks who uh, signed up for those levels on Patreon are are out. You should have received them by now. If you haven't, let us know. Future people signing up, we've got pins and stickers for you. So there's still time to go to patreon.com slash GFM and show your support. And we thank everybody who's done that. Uh, so until next week for Minute 101, follow us on Twitter at GoodfellowsMin or on Instagram and, and Facebook at GoodfellowsMinute. And you can find everything over at GoodfellowsMinute.com, all the previous episodes, links to buy the movie or the book on Amazon, gives us a little taste in the process, as well as links over to, uh, to Patreon uh, to show your support for the show. And if you have any questions or anything, please email us at contact at, contact at GoodfellowsMinute.com. And until next week, I'm going to make this coffee to go. From a rags to return, my fate is up.